bestie, welcome back to your Orthodox Besties podcast. We are your hosts, Miriam and Mary, and we're so glad you're here tuning into candid conversations about your burning questions. If you're new to the podcast, this is a hotline style show for youth and young adults, meaning you write in your questions and we discuss them here in a short, sweet, and significant dialogue. Through our faith, experience, and knowledge, we hope to challenge your thoughts, encourage you to better understand yourself, and help you see the value you bring to this world as Christ intended. Please remember that every situation is unique to its circumstances, and our answers are not meant to be prescriptive in any way. And with that in mind, let's dive in to today's question. Okay, and welcome back. Today we have a special guest, Patty a pharmacist who specializes in treatments of mental illness for over 10 years. She also has additional training in applied positive psychology. And for those of you who don't know what that is, because I also did not know what that is or what that was, applied positive psychology is not related to the treatment of mental illness, which requires psychotherapy. And that's a regulated act in Ontario. Is that correct, Patty? Uh, just to elaborate uh, so applied positive psychology is basically the study of human human flourishing so it's uh, the general term is well-being the studying of human well-being so it's the skills we learn to cope better with everyday life and build a sense of resilience very important stuff we're so excited to have you here and it Definitely makes you very qualified to answer today's (laughs) question, which is such a good one. So thank you to whoever submitted it, because I'm very excited to hear the answer myself. Mm. The question is, if I can't go to therapy, what are some things that I can do to improve my mental health? Okay, that's actually a great question. So let's see. So the first thing to recognize is that when it comes to Um, building up your mental wellness you need to recognize that it's not a one-person activity right you as a human being um, need a support system so the first thing I usually think about is that when someone struggles with um, uh, any mental health related conditions, whether it's situational stress, whether it's, um, let's say, physical illness that is resulting in, uh, you know, anxiety or sadness or feeling victimized or anything like that, is that you, you need to look at your social network and you need to uh, pick the people that you know will be able to support you, but recognize that you have a responsibility to yourself to also know how to cope when you're alone. So it's important for you to have strategies when you're alone, but it's important for you to build a support network that you can reach out to when you are running empty because everyone does. Yeah, so maybe it would be helpful then to break down the strategies in a way where it's like, things that I can do completely on my own, Mm -hmm. especially if I'm feeling like I'm in a place in my life where I don't really have the support network that I need, or maybe I haven't even felt comfortable enough to tell anybody that I've been feeling, you know, depressed or anxious or however Mm -hmm. I might be feeling. And then 
I could not agree with you more about the importance of community and having a social network. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think it would be important to sort of break those two down. And I think it's important to break it down because of one very important thing is that when we are really sad and when we are really anxious, our view of the world narrows. We don't see we don't see the people who can support us. Mm-hmm. We don't see the good opportunities. We don't see the things that we should be grateful for. We just mm-hmm. don't see it, right? Things kind of go pitch black. So one uh, thing that we can do, and this is a wonderful thing because also in, it's integrated in our um, spiritual traditions in the Orthodox faith, is um, gratitude practices. Now, if you are feeling really down, it's hard for you to be grateful for anything. Mm-hmm. True. I think we can both agree. 100%. Okay. All right. So some of the things that you can do is that um, be honest with yourself. So if you're not feeling good and, and you're having a lot of um, worries, um, dedicate time in the day where you can write your worries down for maybe like 20 minutes. But promise yourself that you're not going to worry all day. If during the day you have a... a a burdening thought or something that's making you really anxious that you keep thinking about, try to stop yourself and say, I'm not going to think about this right now. I'm going to write it down later, right? This idea of not going too deep in a th- in the thoughts of worrying thoughts during the day to the point, let's say you're at school and you can't listen to the lecture or you're, um, you're in an important, uh, you have an important appointment or in the middle of a conversation, you're, you're actually... Uh, dazed because you're so in your thoughts you're not present so um, we're going to worry all the time and it's completely normal but to have dedicated worry time gives you a chance to have an outlet go wild go free worry all you want but write it down and when you write it down it's like sounding it out you start to also process it is this a legitimate worry or not but I really love the point that you said about giving yourself an allotted time to worry per day, as opposed to going on about it for the entire day and having that reoccurring thought. Dedicate like maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day and be like, this is what I'm going to write in the journal about the things that I'm worried about, whether it's realistic or not. And this is the only time I'm allowed to do that. And but go all out. Sure. A hundred percent. But if I'm struggling with that and that is the constant thought that I have, would you recommend that I actually distract myself? Okay, so that's really great. So um, I think um, it's always important in life to have a sense of purpose. And when we're talking about mental wellness, we have to realize that um, in all things in life, it's it's going to be struggle to start, right? If you're not in a good place, it's going to be an uphill struggle a little bit. So um, uh, it's important to always keep yourself busy with a sense, have that sense of purpose, because the more you're engaged in an activity that's meaningful, the more you it helps your sense of self worth. Okay, so meaning and purpose is one of the most um, powerful things to enhance our sense of well being. And the beautiful thing about the concepts of what I talked about, about reframing or trying to reorient yourself to the good, grateful, uh, through uh, exercises like gratitude exercises, is that it's really, if you think about it, it's kind of very similar to um, the idea of um, uh, the orthodox practices 
of um, reorienting yourself to God and God's goodness whenever you feel overwhelmed. So um, uh, example of like the arrow prayers, Lord Jesus Christ, help me. Lord, be with me. This idea of having a direct contact with Christ and um, thinking that I am not alone. God is with me. Like reinforcing this idea to fight the feeling of aloneness, of, of being on your own. Um, that's a way of reorienting yourself to, to the good. Um, we talked about Thanksgiving or gratitude is a bit hard when you're really down. But if you think about it, one of the basic exercises you can do is to um, start a gratitude journal with the most generic yet specific things. So things like, I'm so thankful for the sunshine this morning. I'm so thankful for the good weather. Uh, sometimes you can start with things like that and then slowly you can start paying attention to the more intimate things in your life. I'm so thankful for my mom. Or I'm so thankful for this friend that called the other day and, you know, just to check on me for no reason. And I haven't, I might have never not been in touch with her for three weeks or more, but she still thought of me, right? So slowly you start recognizing. So the great thing about gratitude exercise is that you start with the generic and over time it allows you to reorient your attention to something that is more specific. Mm -hmm. Okay? I totally agree. And uh, I think that's like one of the top recommendations that we try to provide to youth when they do come and ask, like, how do I reframe my mindset? Okay, so we talked about the gratitude journal and we talked about the worry journal or just journaling. Um, And you said to dedicate a particular time to it. So if I'm only allowed to dedicate 20 minutes to my worry journal or my journaling and like go all out, like you had said, um, what else do I do during my day so I'm not constantly feeling like I'm overwhelmed or I'm anxious or I'm depressed or I'm alone. Like what, what is a good way to live my day to day to avoid feeling these ways or to reverse or to reframe my way of thinking? Okay. Wonderful question. So I think I really want to give practical advice here or maybe like suggestions because I am going to tell you from my own personal experience. Okay working going out in the working forest everyday stress adulthood it hurts (laughs) yep (laughs) it's a lot of responsibilities a lot of burdens and you know sometimes when you have time alone um it doesn't necessarily mean quiet time sometimes it's actually just stress time right because your mind is hard to control so some of the things that i did to help me kind of ground myself is that I, I actually used apps on my phone for specific that I'll help support certain um, practical wellness skills so that I incorporate it in my day. So I'll give you an example of some of the apps that I use and how I use them. So one app that I used to use a lot that was really great, it was called uh, Simple Habits. And Simple Habits is this um, wonderfully designed app that it has a, a combination of different um, uh, meditation recordings. So it's it's categorized by topic and actually um, by time. And what I used to do, and I love this because they had like they had these quick ones called the on the go meditations. And I would um, I would actually drive to work, sit in my car, and just start 
a morning meditation for five minutes before I left the car. And I thought that was so great because when you have responsibilities or you are, you're about to go into a place where you have to be a high performer, you just need a moment to ground yourself. So this app was really great in helping me with this. The other thing that I would love to suggest to all the Christians out there that I thought was so enriching is an app that was created by the Jesuit community of the Catholic Church. And it is this wonderful app um, called um, uh, Pray, Pray As You Go. And it's meant to be quick and brief. But what it is really is that they have um, Bible readings for every day. But the, um, the audio that you listen to is only maybe 10 minutes or 8 minutes. And they start by uh, every recording starts with a, a church chant from a different country. So you listen to different traditions. And there's something very soothing about listening to a hymn when you start your day. And then they go into a very, very short Bible reading and a, and, um, a reflection. So, you know, meditation is wonderful. Meditation that has added to it uh, a depth of meaning and connection to a higher creator, to a God, is even better another app because we were talking about reframing right this idea of journaling well we don't always have a chance to sit down sometimes in the middle of the day it's hard to kind of stop um there is a wonderful app that was created by psychologists known as sanvelo s-a-n-v-e-l-l-o and this app when it was created it was set up in such a wonderful way that they had different categories to allow people to give them space to reflect, but also do like, it's a combination of the journaling, gratitude, uh, like being able to reorient yourself to gratitude and um, meditation and different aspects of well-being. They have kind of like a mood journal. So let's say you're feeling angry. You got no one to talk to, you're all alone, but your phone is in your hand as always. (laughs) You can go in there and you can record your mood and you can write down why you're angry. And then later on in the evening, you can kind of go deeper in that thought and then, you know, reflect. That's fine. It helps you validate your emotions, which sometimes we don't have, you know, or we don't have time to process emotions. Um, but another thing that this app can allow you to do is that it can allow you to record when we talked about the gratitude journal, we said that um, sometimes you it's hard for you to see what to be grateful for when you're overwhelmed, correct, Mary? So they have this this way to allow you to post pictures of happy moments that you can keep track of for every week, for every month, so that you can go back and realize the last couple of weeks haven't been that bad. I've been feeling sad a lot, but here are some happy moments. And even if you didn't want to download the app, you could even have like a running note on your phone where at the end of every week, even you're like, what was the highlight of this week? Like, when was I the happiest or what Mm -hmm. surprise kind of came up this week that made me feel um, really, really good? And it's it's interesting when you do that over a period of time and you look back and you're like, wow, there were a lot of really good moments. But like you mentioned earlier, when you're wrapped up in your negative thoughts, it's 
almost impossible to see things in perspective. And so apps like these are great because they force you to come out of that headspace to try to analyze your thoughts or to try to go into like a meditation where you're focusing again on something that is outside of the negativity of your thoughts. So those are all really, really, really good strategies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit to my favorite topic ever, which is exercise. Mm-hmm. Um I've read a lot, I've heard a lot about the use of exercise, especially in helping with negative emotion like depression and anxiety. You know, I'm often even just telling my patients about how important it is to uh, take that time to dedicate to yourself where you're investing in your physical health and how that really translate into mental health benefits as well. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so... Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of background because there's definitely an advantage to exercising. Um, it has to some extent been proven to be effective for mild depression, right? Because depression comes in a spectrum and there's some that are more severe that require uh, more severe treatment. So it's like your little dose of an antidepressant for mild depression. It does great, great things for your mind and your body, um, And um, walking or exercise can be kind of a release for emotional tension as well, right? Like Mm -hmm. emotional processing. Mm -hmm. So when people dance, uh, uh, all of these things allow them to process. You can use the body to process emotions. Um, I think it's great. So part of my clinical background is I was also uh, a pharmacist who treated patients with eating disorders. And... um, I, I do, I guess the cautionary tale for me is this. Be aware that um, when you exercise, you have to have a clear and wholesome goal to pursue. And you, and what I say that is that we live in a society that is focusing so much on image, mm-hmm. so much on um, sometimes fitness for the wrong reasons or excessive perfectionism, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody puts their pictures on Instagram and they all look great, but then they still also do filters and other modifications so they can even look better. So no one really looks real. So it's important that if you're going to pursue exercise, um, if you're a very anxious person, and let's say your anxiety or depression is associated with, maybe it's related because um, it's their self-image issues. Let's say you think you're overweight or you think you don't look great or whatever, be very careful how you pursue the goals for your exercise. So you're saying if you're exercising just for the sake of looking a certain way, then actually it could work against you in the sense that you're... um, you may not achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve and then you might even feel worse about it after versus using exercise to actually feel better in the moment as a way to deal with a negative thought or a negative emotion. Um, Is that sort of what you mean? Kind of, but I wanted to bring your attention to something is that many of the patients that we saw that were eating disorder patients were young as adolescents, like they were young teens who are very, um, they were very bright, very smart, very goal-oriented. And when they wanted to be fit, they, they um, went all the way. And sometimes they had almost like a displaced, their anxiety was displaced by, like this became a coping mechanism for their anxiety. Mm-hmm. So this is why I say 
things like support system and sounding board, having a sounding board. If you are dealing with anxiety or depression, yes, go exercise. But have an accountability buddy that would kind of sometimes help, right? You want to be healthier, have realistic goals. Like it's hard to give really advice or direction in this, but I just want everyone to be aware that anxiety and exercise is not always a good combination if you're a person who's very goal-oriented. So sometimes we see that it leads to eating disorder behaviors where, you know, you diet and you exercise. You can't exercise and be malnourished. That's how you get ill, right? So it can backfire. So um, it's important to have wholesome goals. Mm-hmm. For I think university, they have wellness centers. If someone can give you a realistic plan mm-hmm. to follow, mm-hmm. if you are thinking about going back and being in shape, let's say if it's a, it's a weight issue or so on. But I think you need to separate your self-image or your self-worth from your 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 public image or your image in general Mm -hmm. and when you do that you can have more healthier goals when it comes to exercise does that make sense so i totally agree with you and not to take exercise as like a a full force or like a a redirection as to what my anxiety might be but when i heard miriam ask about exercise or incorporating exercise through the process i definitely just thought of it as like move your body daily Like just do some form of exercise that allows your body to move, to not be sitting in the same place, to be not stagnant, right? So just moving your body daily could definitely assist in the process. Yes, definitely. Uh, The only reason I mentioned what I've mentioned is because um, if people have um, severe mental illnesses that are not being addressed, they can use exercise as a bad coping mechanism. But if done correctly, which is just daily, yeah. half an hour a day, it's hour completely a day. great for you. It's completely great for you. Yeah. Um, it, I just thought it was worth mentioning because we are, like I said, there's a lot of focus on image in our society. Mm-hmm. So I want people to be very critical when it comes to the things they see online about body image and diets and mm-hmm. and exercise goals. Some things are excessive. Um uh, be be kind and gentle with yourself and and do things joyfully yeah. try to add things that would increase your joy so if you listen to your favorite music as you walk if you listen to poetry if you like poetry or anything of these of these sorts yeah i think exercise definitely has to be enjoyable but i also think that a big part of what makes exercise good for mental health is that there is a little bit of pain during right a lot of the times when we're overcoming or trying to overcome a mental barrier Mm. and we're challenging our bodies physically and you know we're our goal is to run that 5k and in that last kilometers we're really we just want to stop you know Mm -hmm. you just you just want to give up and the mental fortitude that it takes Mm -hmm. in order to make it to that 5k mark that in and of itself can have such a huge effect on mental health so Mm -hmm. i think I agree with you 100% that, you know, using exercise as a way to achieve a certain body image, that can be really unhealthy. But 
in the on the other hand using exercise to show ourselves just how strong we are mm. both physically and mentally can be some of the best ways to pull ourselves out of some tough times and also i've heard before that like even if you just do it for five minutes each mm. day yeah five minutes each day and like you set a timer and even if you want to keep going if you build it as a habit that you do mm. exercise or some form of exercise for five minutes each day for a period of time that will eventually be your habitual routine of including or incorporating exercise in your life daily mm -hmm. so and that will eventually increase and then you'll go from five to ten to fifteen and etc and i think that just has a positive impact on your on your mind as well yeah so definitely i think we owe patty a huge thank you for uh, a lot of these really really great suggestions and i hope that you guys came out with something um, that you can apply today thanks again for tuning in today just a reminder that if anything we've said resonated with you be sure to take a moment to reflect and pray if you need more guidance or support please seek out a trusted friend family member mentor or mental health professional none of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the orthodox church and on that note we're your hosts miriam and mary and it was so great catching up with you today till next time Love you, bestie.